Thanks for listening to this episode of Two Heels and a Face Wrestling Podcast. If you're unfamiliar with Two Heels and a Face, we are a wrestling podcast out of Chicago, Illinois. We believe that wrestling is a buffet. Everyone enjoys it it differently. We try to create a judgment-free zone to talk about wrestling. We cover a lot of independent news because not a ton of people do. And that leads me to the conversation today with Kevin Harvey. If you if you came across this podcast from DivaDirt.com, please know that you're in the right place. This audio was recorded for the DivaDirt.com audience. And today, it is myself, Charlie, uh, talking to the owner, promoter, founder, etc. for Rise Women's Wrestling. We're going to get into the group of wrestlers that recently went over to Japan to work for Stardom. We're going to touch on that. We're going to touch on the state of Rise. No one knows if Rise is going to have their next show. They have a next show planned, what the state of Rise was. They almost didn't have these last two shows that took place in Naperville at the beginning of July. So there's some questions there. And and we're going to get into what Rise has upcoming digitally. They have a lot of great digital ideas and making it easier for fans like you to enjoy this great women's wrestling. They have a ton of talent on their roster. So we're going to dive into all of that. And really, at the end of this conversation, hopefully you just have a really good understanding of what Rise is. You have a really good understanding of at least what you can, hopefully, expect in the future. So let's jump right into this conversation with Kevin Harvey. And thank you for listening. Before I go, if you want to support Two Heels in the Face, go to twoheelsintheface.com. Just click the play button on some of our other episodes, share with a friend. We have interviews that took place earlier in the year with the likes of Chelsea Green, Deanna Perrazzo, Kylie Ray, et cetera, et cetera. We're not an extremely hardcore wrestler interview-based podcast, but those are some really good interviews that we did. Um, you can go to whatamover.net for t-shirts and wrestlingwithunicorns.org for pins. But really, thank you for being here, and I hope you enjoy the conversation. All right, I am now on the line with Kevin Harvey, the owner, promoter, uh, really everything that has to do with Rise developing tomorrow's women's athletes. I'm pretty sure I got that right. Um, Kevin, how's it going? How are you feeling today? And welcome to Two Heels in the Face podcast. Well, thanks for having me, how I'm feeling. It's a rare moment where I have both feet off the ground on the couch, kicking back relaxing and actually uh, hopefully maybe having however long we have together maybe a little bit of relaxation along the way (laughs) great well i'm glad i could provide that i know you've been you've been out there hustling you've been out there working hard so i'm glad i'm glad to hear you know you're taking it easy at least for the moment um i'm curious and i uh, kind of all the the people you could say i run with in the chicago wrestling crowd we're curious uh, about how um, the Rise wrestlers, how their trip to Japan went. Um, and I know you weren't able to make it. But I was wondering if you received any feedback from the people that went. I believe it was Kylie, Britt, Dust, et cetera, on how their trip went. Or have you heard any, I guess, news, any raving reviews from over there, their trip to uh, Stardom Wrestling? Well, there's a lot of news coming out of that. And the 
you could argue that was there a curse over this Japanese tour that we had set up or what? Because a mm-hmm. lot of, yeah, I think a lot of people, if they follow Rise, obviously knew about Shotzi and Delilah both having basically the same injury and in unrelated matches and unrelated towns and circumstances, right. taking them both out of the main event of Rise 9 and the subsequent or the, uh, the following Rise Ascent tapings. And then the luck did, or the bad luck sort of continued for our crew. We had four girls who made it of our original six to Japan, and Kikyo, Kylie Ray, Britt Baker, and Dust all made it to Tokyo safe and sound. Okay. Kikyo had a knee injury in training before she even got to have one match in Japan, and hmm. that took her out of action able to compete at stardom at all while she was there. In fact, she just changed her flight and she's now back home in the U.S., but was okay. unable to compete in Japan. And Kylie Ray broke her clavicle while she was in Japan in her, I believe it was third match. It was actually in the match in Corrigan Hall for the, oh, wow. was originally supposed to be the only show that the, uh, the girls were going over for, but we were able to, thanks to the generosity of stardom, we were able to kind of get most of the girls, well, you could call it to her multiple dates, um, okay. So really, the <laughs> at the end of it, Britt Baker was there for uh, by design. Britt was there for a short stay. She was only able to be there for a, a very short time, but she was able to honor all the dates. Britt made it made it through, no injury. She's all good. And Great. Dust is quite literally the last woman standing in Japan representing Rise right now. She is on her own in Japan right now, and she is representing us very very well. Currently, one half of the Guardians of Rise Tag Team Champions. And right. she, if you follow her on her social media, she's got a big tag match coming up in the very near future. In fact, I believe it's the equivalent of tomorrow night. I kind of get lost in the 14-hour the time warp between here and there in terms of <laughs> what day, what things are happening. I'll tell you what, if you think it's fun trying to keep up with four friends from various places, put four friends in time zones that are like 12 to 17 hours ahead. That That's basically the last two weeks of my life, trying to keep up with everybody and talk about just an awful position learning that Kylie's injured that something happened and basically to try to check in on them having to basically be either stay up until or set alarms for three four o'clock in the morning because that's a more reasonable time to try to get a hold of people in Japan to get the updates on girls that I care about very deeply and that I know the, the Rise fan base cares about very deeply and talk about feeling just powerless absolutely mm-hmm. powerless to hear that Kikio has been with us since Rise 1. I mean, she's been on damn near everything we've ever done with Rise. And then Kylie, who may have only joined Rise at Rise 5, but somebody who trains locally in Chicago, who I've known outside of the Rise context for quite some time now. And just to hear these things happening to our, some of our core girls, just Right. It's it's really hard to explain. Like there's a guilt complex that comes with it that I know is misplaced, that there's not necessarily anything that could have been done, but just Mm -hmm. wishing that there was something to do to take away the, to take away the pain, to make the mending instantaneous, to, you know, perform unlicensed surgery in a way that wouldn't make things worse or whatever it's going to take (laughs) to to help get these girls back on their feet or back using their arm and just, it's, it, it's hard, as proud as I am of all of those girls that we were able to get them into a position where they were all selected and able to take a tour of Japan. 
right through the basically through impressing people through their time at rise and when Rossi Ogawa himself was at rise in December back in Los Angeles and we agreed on these would be the six girls that would represent rise to come over and just what what an honor and how how proud it is how proud of a moment that is for our entire team for those girls and right. you don't get a much more real moment in wrestling than the clip where Rossi and I and cheerleader Melissa and an interpreter basically in the ring and we legitimately told the six girls they were going to Japan in that segment. What you see there is the real, yep. most raw human emotion you're going to get from pro wrestlers. Like that, mm-hmm. that's not that's not Kikyo responding. That's the the human being behind Kikyo going, "Oh my God, I'm going to Japan," and then just to know how this unfolded and just the heartbreak that comes from that. Oh right. man, that it was it was rough. But am I confident that all girls will bounce back? bigger, better than ever. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right. And uh, that's very well said. And I know we're recording, I believe, on the 25th. This will probably come out at a later time, July 25th. I believe Kylie might be going into surgery tomorrow. Um, So we wish her the best, obviously, by the time that people probably hear this, it already have happened. But I, I I guess both of us could wish her the best, a speediest recovery. And I think we're going to be talking to her, uh, Chris and I, fairly soon. So hopefully, like, obviously you're keeping updated with her, but hopefully she can kind of uh, relay. I'm sure she'll relay her appreciation and her gratitude and just everything when we talk to her. So I'll make sure to send you that recording if it happens. Um, I wanted to, I wanted to kind of, because because kind of what you're talking about seems to me would be like surreal. Uh, do, do you ever kind of reflect on, the day you started rise and then now like you're get you're giving permission to send six people over to Japan to fulfill their dream. Does that, they get did that kind of hit you like in that, in this process. It's one of those things that in hindsight, those things hit you because everything about yeah. rise has been so fast and furious. Like rise is not yet two years old. Our event did right. not, it was November of 2016 that was Rise One Ignite, and the amount of just really amazing things have been able to happen, and it and it's happened at such just a a blink and you miss it pace. It's one of those things where, and and this happens in both the positive and negative sides of life. Sometimes when you are going through just the eye of a storm, whether that be an amazing storm which Rise has been, or even if anyone's ever had troubles at home or anything like that, sometimes you don't realize how intense that storm was until you have five seconds out of that storm to look back behind you and go, holy crap, that just right. happened. Like, it, it, it's very hard sometimes to go, this is happening, and embrace those things and completely drink them all in in the moment. But when you actually yeah. stop and look back at things like, you know, we, we basically just rolled the dice with Rise 1 to say, what would happen if we did a seminar on a Thursday and kind of did like a cheap ticket Thursday night show? Like, what yeah. would happen? And the amount of girls it turned out and realizing – there, there's a need for, for what we're doing on the training and development standpoint. And then by the time the show's kind of evolved to the formula that we had at Rise 3 and just seeing what the potential could be there, it, to yeah. know how far that came, that, to me, that's the crazy thing. That is an absolutely crazy thing to go from a show that was all unknown to relative unknowns, at least to, say, myself and Dave Prezak or to a lot of the Shimmer audience that was there because that was a Shimmer taping weekend. 
And then fast forward the clock like a year and Bull McConnell's there and Medusa's there training the girls and and Storm's there defending the World of Stardom title. And we still got these seminar girls that we've pulled that are having their debut matches are kind of still showing us what they've got, still evolving. And you just kind of have to stop and go, huh? This is this is our lives right now, and and I mean that in the best way. It, it's it's an, a positively stupefying right. thing to see what it's coming to years. Great. Um, so let's transition into your last couple shows in Naperville. Um, I believe it was at the top of this month, right? Maybe the seventh and eighth. Yeah, um, you got it. Great. And I wanted to, and one of them was with Impact, right? That's great. I wanted to. I guess get your your thoughts on those shows and maybe if you could give me like three areas or three maybe even wrestlers in general um that really like stuck out to you or three makeaways you kind of had from that whole weekend. Oh, let's see here. Three takeaways. Like just the shows overall, both the Rise Nine Riots of the Knockouts events and the Rise Ascent tapings, just very, very happy with the the action and the segments and everything that has come out of that i know a lot of the world hasn't seen all of rise nine yet because the live stream i won't bore anyone with technical details but the live stream didn't join until match three was already in progress in the ring and eventually that the entire show will be available we're still working on that like a whole post-produced event but it's coming that's all i can say right now is it's coming so the tessa versus chris wolf match the footage does exist the twin sisters versus bones match (laughs) it does exist people will see this eventually and i want people to see it because to me as amazing as that story that was told in a 30-minute iron woman match with mercedes martinez and tessa blanchard for the you know vacated phoenix of rise title as amazing as that story is when you look at the story of say tessa blanchard in that event tessa didn't wrestle 30 minutes that night Tessa wrestled like 45 minutes that night because she faced Chris Wolf in the opening match. And so many people don't realize that because match one didn't make the feed. And in okay. terms of rise of the knockouts, like it's the, the rise of the knockouts is a standalone event. Probably if not the top event that we've done probably within the top two or so in terms of just in ring action, that absolutely delivered match after match after match. The Great. event tapings we taped, Seven episodes in all. The second of those seven just dropped actually today on RiseAscent.com and on our Twitch channel for subscribers there. And just seeing the evolution in the product from the Pittsburgh tapings to the Naperville tapings. Mm-hmm. It's not night and day, but we we definitely are seeing a transition and things are getting things are things I had maybe nitpicks with it. As Jimmy and I watch the show and eh, next time let's work on this, let's fix this. We're seeing things evolve. We're seeing things get, in our opinions, better. Things are getting cleaned up that we wanted. So if we're talking about, what are we saying? We want three takeaways or things we'd have done differently or three top matches kind of thing. Yeah. um, Yeah. I I think, I I think that's a, that's a sufficient answer. Um, Is there, is there any maybe specific uh, area or focus of improvement? I know were, were those, potentially like production things or is there, can you get dive any deeper on that on things you could improve? Yeah, on? I mean, it, I guess I'll give you two answers to that in terms yeah. of production. And uh, it's something where when you look at an episode with Pittsburgh or in the Pittsburgh tapings versus Chicago, there was uh, something that has always been a, a peeve of mine in wrestling, which I call the unapologetically, obviously fake microphone. 
and for some okay. of our backstage segments in Pittsburgh. Just, just little things like, okay, we have a microphone there, but regardless of how where the microphone is being held, everyone's at the same volume level the entire time. Like, it's something that does the average person watch <laughs> that and necessarily give a damn about that? No. Okay. As somebody that has been an interviewer, an announcer, and a commentator, it's just something where it's like, you know, why why do we even have a microphone when if it's not really picking up audio? Like, what does it, do we need to do that? So a lot of the backstage interviews for this set of tapings, we didn't need it. We had Alicia just yeah. with her hands free, not holding a microphone. You know what the, the feel of the interviews and, and Alicia and everybody she interviewed did a great job. It's just something that when Jimmy and I looked at that, we both kind of went like, yeah, the fake mic's kind of, kind of garbage. Let's get rid of that. Yeah. yeah so, yeah. So we, so what happened in the backstage interviews, I felt were just that much more organic, that much more genuine. And just uh, the episode that dropped today, in fact, I just shot a message to Alicia Toot, our, our backstage hostess. She does an interview with Madison Rain. Like, how cool is that that Madison Rain's in a backstage segment on a Rise Weekly show? And mm-hmm. just the feel of that segment was so much better because nobody's having to think, I have to move this microphone that's not actually picking up anyone's voice back and forth. It's right. easier to do when you're not doing that. So just, those are some things on the, the production side of things. And one one big takeaway from the just the weekend in general is the dates that were run were among the dumbest dates on a calendar that we possibly could have run a show for a number of circumstances. And there's mm-hmm. a whole long story that will probably be told on some variety of podcasts. Now is not the time because okay. it's something where I have to really think through politically if I ever say things publicly, how they would be said, because I know at this point I'm still emotional about some things that will come off as throwing rocks and spiteful. And it, it doesn't need to be that. There's absolutely no need to be that. But when okay. these dates were originally locked in and some key talents were supposed to be involved, this was originally supposed to actually have the stardom crew coming to the United States, where we're going to have a lot of stardom talent. The thought was, though, that's uh, not a great weekend. If we have a whole crew from Japan that's not very regularly, if at all, in the United States, that's probably going to draw, regardless of what date we put it in, women's wrestling fans will find their way to Naperville, Illinois. And for right. reasons that, like I said, I won't get into, and this, there's no beef or anything even remotely interesting between Stardom and Rise. Like, well, obviously, we have a great relationship because the girls went over there what, four days later after the weekend was done. But some other folks who were involved, uh, communication wasn't where it needed to be, and we got to a point where things changed and we weren't able to bring the the stardom talent here as planned. I think we still had a great show because on the upside, the relationship with Impact not only was forged, but it started to grow and it started to bear fruit. And a lot of that fruit we saw at Rise 9, and we're still seeing even more of that today. So I think that's the takeaway of before you lock in your dates, make sure you've got things, <laughs> uh, make sure if you've got certain business partners that you're counting on, maybe make sure you can absolutely concretely count on those things. Okay. Because I, I think we maybe had a counting chickens before hatched scenario and that's, that's sort of the work. Okay. Um, it's cool that Impact, um, you know, was willing to help to help in that sense. And it's cool that they're, uh, just being a lot more open to collaboration. That's just something I've noticed. That's just a, a quick side note. Um, but after that show, then, the another show was announced. And I believe this is, you'll have to help me with the date. I believe it's in Berwyn, Illinois, right? The Berwyn Eagles Club. Is it the 10th of October? 
No, it's the Rise 10 is October 19th. October 19th, yes. Yeah, so I had that mixed up. Rise 10, October 19th was announced um, after your shows in Naperville. So well, this we, leads we me. Had Rise oh, 10, we had Rise 10 on the books, and they even had a decent amount of tickets okay. sold before Rise 9, but with the very real struggles that were presented before right. Rise 9 and the Rise Ascent tapings, we chose to pull those tickets off sale. So in the event, if we had to not run shows anymore, not run shows for a while, we that way we had fewer refunds that would have to be issued. So we've made a commitment to fans that already had tickets. In the event we do have to not run this event as scheduled, we will refund. But honestly, okay. way better to do that with, say, 30 people than 300 people. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Um, so my question really is just because um, I kind of felt the state, like the state of Rise. I know you'd issued like the the heartfelt uh, blog or article on your website kind of before the Naperville tapings. So I kind of wanted to check in on what the state of Rise was. Obviously, it's in a more hopeful state. Is that a correct adjective that you would use because you've started selling tickets for the show on October nineteenth, or what would what would be an adjective you would use to, to describe the state of Rise currently? I'd say hopeful. It's not an unfair word. And I, I knew when that article was put on the website, I knew there were people that would rally behind us. I knew there would be people that would cast doubt upon it and say, it's a carny move to sell tickets. And I, I knew there would be some negative that would come with it, but largely mm -hmm. it was positive. And luckily, Rise, in the brief time we've been around, we have a history of sharing everything that we kind of feel on the, the backside of things with our fans and we share that in the good and we share that in the times when there's a negative, when Volnikano wasn't able to be at rise seven. We knew that right. about a week in advance. So we got that out there as soon as we could basically did that. The second I got home from WrestleMania weekend to let the fans know, this is it. This is what happened. This is how we're handling it. This is how we're working through that. And I don't ever want that to necessarily have to change with rise. I want fans to know through the good times and the bad, what's going on. And Rise of the Knockouts was a Saturday. I was not convinced that there would be any Rise shows after that until about the middle of the show on Saturday. And a lot of that has to do with some financial things. A lot of that mm -hmm. has to do with sometimes you just find inspiration product you're, that you're working with and realizing that it, somehow, some way, fight, kick, scratch, claw, keep it. There, there had to be a way to keep it going. There had to be a way that we can somehow make this work and keep trying. And we still want to tape more episodes of Ascent. We still want to do Rise 10. And though things are hopeful, I would say at right. this point, Rise events are kind of the independent wrestling equivalent of living paycheck to paycheck. Okay. I think that uh, puts it into perspective. So on the 19th, uh, you know, let's <laughs> sell some tickets, if you will. Can you give us anything of what we have to look forward to for that show? I can. In terms of talent announcements, we don't have any match announcements yet, but I'll give maybe a little teaser. It might make people's eyebrows go up and go, hey, that could mean something. So talent yeah. that we do have announced will be Phoenix of Rise champion Tessa Blanchard will be in the house. She will be defending the Phoenix of Rise championship. The Guardians of Rise, Paradise Lost, Ravens Ash, and Dusk, the current tag team champions, along with their guiding light or dark, depending on your perspective, Rosemary, they will be defending the tag team championship 
Miranda Alizé will be in town for Rise 10. And we have a couple other talent announcements that are actually coming this week. So keep your eyes to the website and the social media. And the main events, I know what I want the main event to be. I have proposed the main events to the participants involved. Both participants have made agreements to it. I just have to get certain representations uh, of those talents to also agree to that. And it's because there are people outside of the the talents and just rise involved in making sure that this match can be done the way that we want it to be done. Hopefully that's enough to make people go. That's kind of interesting because there's, there's a lot going on in the wrestling world right now from the, from the independence to the biggest promotions in the universe. And there's a lot of moving parts right now and a lot of people in a lot of places. And if we can do this main event as we currently have it projected, it's going to blow the roof off of the Eagles club and make a big darn noise in the wrestling. Hmm. Great. And do you, would that involve, so this is me maybe assuming and correct me or uh, correct me if I'm wrong, would that involve collaboration, more collaboration then with other promotions or companies? It does. It involves a lot of collaboration and it's something where I've, I've shared in, past things on the web like obviously we have a very open collaboration and a partnership with impact wrestling just as we have partnerships with shimmer women athletes and not necessarily in fan facing ways we've collaborated with ring of honor we've collaborated with wwe again not necessarily in ways it's like oh my god bailey's on rise 12 like nothing (laughs) facing like that but wwe is not out to get us so there will always be people who think oh Mercedes Martinez being announced in the May Young Classic, or uh, Karen Key was just announced in the May Young Classic today. That that's yeah. not WWE trying to like raid our talent or, or steal our talent. Like that's the nature of Rise. Is at any given point we might need to be able to say farewell to a talent because they have these giant opportunities with the biggest companies in the world, and that's okay. That's why we mm-hmm. do what we do to be a worldwide pipeline of talent, whether that be for WWE, for Shimmer, for Impact, for Ring of Honor, whoever it may be. That's the that's a great part about doing what we're doing as an independent company is we have the flexibility to work with everybody yeah. who's willing to work with us to truly collaborate in a way that is best for the talent and the fans involved. Right. No, that's a good way to put it in a perspective. I do hear the chatter of, you know, someone getting signed to NXT and then not doing anything for a little bit. Um, if that's, you know, someone from your roster that you helped getting signed by NXT, like that is a huge win for you. Um, am I correct in saying that? I don't necessarily like to look at it as we helped anybody get signed because it, at the end of the day, it talent cannot be denied. Looking at somebody yeah. like we can use Gianna Perazzo as an example, very openly said we had our farewell to Gianna Perazzo. In fact, episode 10 of Rise Ascent is subtitled farewell virtuosa we knew that mm-hmm. would be our last time with diana perrazzo and now seeing her in nxt rise was simply one of the many platforms where diana could prove to anybody who would be watching that she is a world-class talent that is worthy of an opportunity on any stage whether that be in a humble little basketball court in naperville illinois or right. a giant venue like an all-state arena in chicago Diana's talent is what got her there, but to be able to have a platform where she was able to show that and have a talent as special as Diana is part of what we do, that is the tremendous part. 
of what we see. Okay. And we've been able to see talent evolve. Like we you take a talent, like it, all of our talents at varying levels, but you take somebody like say Kikio, who came in at as one of the seminar hopeful, and we've seen her evolve on our platform and others. We've been mm-hmm. able to help them. Some people grow obviously through seminars, but it's, it's all about just giving the women a platform to show what they can do, to really, to, to give them a chance to, to really do their thing, to shine. And if, if anything we ever did is something that if the girls are comfortable saying that we help them in some way, then, then that's on the girls to decide. But our end game is to do whatever we can to make a positive impact for women in wrestling, whether that be either training and development in the seminars, giving them a platform in the shows or a combination of those things. That's, yeah. that's our goal. That's what we want to do. And I think if we truly focus on making the wrestling scene better, that is what's going to help the girls' talent be showcased that may help them get a little exposure or whatever you want to say. But that's right. it's not like, oh, I did Rise 10. I'm going to WWE. That's not going to happen. Right, right, right. <laughs> Let's be realistic. <laughs> We've been lucky enough to have some talents that basically have come in completely TV ready or <laughs> ready for that next step. And we've had talents that had to go to two or three seminars before they were selected to be on the Rise show. And I think that's what's great is you get a, a wide spectrum of talents when you're looking at our events. Great. And yeah, so that's an important distinction. So thank you uh, for clearing that up. I think you said it very well. Uh, and speaking of platform, I wanted to touch on um, the Rise. I believe you, you're having, correct me if I'm wrong again, well, I know you're, you're having your on-demand service, which is Rise of Sense. And then is it coming to mobile as well? And can you tell me all about those features and I guess what, what do you have on there right now, what people can expect? Yeah, and that, that is something those are currently in development. So Rise okay. Ascent, the app, is currently in development. Uh, it, basically, the apps are done, and we're, we just have to go through the approval processes for the Android and for the iOS platforms. And honestly, that's the tedious part. <laughs> the apps are done. It's just right. making sure that you know people are legally satisfied and that I'm not you know, some drug dealer fronting money through an iTunes store account or anything like that. So it's, it's the vetting process, which honestly both sides need to do in a business. But the iOS app, it, it's done. Like I actually, I have it on my phone, a beta right now, and it works great. Can't wait for it to actually be out there in the public, but it will be available on iOS and Android platforms. I'm going to guess probably within the next 30 to 45 days. Don't hold me to that because obviously people could potentially say, nope, or you've got to change this about the app. And that's what right, the, my right. development team will work on that. But that is, those are currently in transit. And then in the hopefully not too distant future, we will also be developing for the Roku platform and for the TV OS, which is the Apple TV platform, which will put Rise Ascent, the app onto Roku devices and to Apple TVs worldwide. And essentially what that does is it will be all the content of Rise Ascent, so the entire video library, the weekly episodes, and there's even more exclusive content that we're not yet putting out there, but some things that are currently in production or footage that we have in the can that we need to make something out of that will start to drop some only on Rise Ascent footage that will be out there. For example, we had documentary-style filming going on the entire time Rise 1 was happening. None of that footage has seen the light of day. We've got backstage interviews with girls before the seminar, during the seminar, during the show. Uh, Nicole Matthews coming through the curtain and almost dying because she had to wrestle mm. in a glorified Halloween costume because her gear got lost in the mail or some fool thing. Right. <laughs> there, there's a lot of things that we've kind of shot 
as we progress that I, I think there's definitely a market for that footage and fans that would find it interesting. But we didn't just want to put everything on a website. Not everybody wants to watch wrestling logging into a web browser or put it, pulling yeah. it up on their phone and mirroring it to their TV. Like it, it can be a tedious process. So once we get the platform easily accessible with the touch of a button or the click of an app on more devices, that's when I think you're going to start to see a little bit more of this content start to roll. Great. Yes. And I'm, I'm in favor of that. Um, I know uh, when I'm watching, let's say new Japan pro wrestling, I don't believe they have, I have a Roku. I don't believe they have a Roku ready app, or at least uh, I have, you know, I haven't checked in a little bit, but I don't believe they do. And I know that's a headache. So yeah, I'm doing the, the mirror to my TV kind of, kind of shindig. And uh, it's good that you're thinking, uh, of the future or thinking kind of of the present, right? I feel like the present is like you should have a pretty good mobile app or or you should be on different channels and different devices. So it's good that you're thinking that way and it's good that it's right around the corner. I'm excited for it. Um, and that's really all I have. So I wanted to give you the floor um, just to do any type of promotion or anything or even put your talent over more because um, I know you do a lot for them uh, before we leave. So now you have the floor. Uh, to, you know, talk about where people can find all this great stuff. Really, the the future of Rise is very dependent on getting into more homes, getting into more people's pockets, getting onto more people's television screens or computers, whatever that is. And the ways to do that are basically subscriptions to either riseascent.com or eventually through the apps. Or we currently also have the content available through twitch.tv slash risegtwa. Same idea in both places. $4.99 a month gets you the new episodes every Wednesday, and it gets you the entire archive of events. And even just looking at the last two episodes of Rise of Scent and just how special this weekly program has really proven to be. And for all, for all the people out there, and this was a big week for historic announcements for women's wrestling because of what WWE announced just this past Monday with Evolution coming up, the first all-women's pay-per-views for WWE. Right. And I, I getting tagged in all these uh, tweets or I see things out there like, oh, well, why can't the women just have their own show every week? Well, they do. The women have their <laughs> own show every week. It's just not on a platform with the quite literal universal drawing power of WWE. The women have their own platform every Wednesday on those two channels, riseascent.com and on our Twitch channel. And in just the last two weeks, last week, the, the opening segment where we actually recap Tessa Blanchard winning the Phoenix of Rise championship and the first in-ring interview that she gave talking about just her take on becoming the champion, what being that champion means to her and what she wants it to mean to the rest of that locker room. Dynamite stuff. And we're looking at yeah. Tessa Blanchard just days ago, well, depending on when this airs necessarily, Tessa Blanchard just had a dynamite match with Allie on what a lot of people are calling one of, if not the best impact wrestling pay-per-views in the company's entire existence on their 16 year slammiversary show. Mm -hmm. Like that's the level of talent that we have as our champion kicking off episode seven. And that's amazing to see a talent like Tessa there, our guardians of rise Rosemary, who's out with an injury right now and showing just how versatile of a performer she is and how much value she adds to a wrestling company in a yeah. more managerial role of the first ever rise tag team champions champions that were crowned on a Sunday. And then that Thursday, that title belt is in Japan. Like the, this show has some amazing things happening on 
We just need to get more eyes on it. And those are only two segments of episode seven from last week. This week, I was actually just kind of running some stats. And it, the shows are pretty quick. They're between a half hour and 45 minutes each. And in a yeah. show with three matches and a couple of interview segments, this week we have four former knockouts champions, uh, three former Shimmer Tag Team champions, a former Shimmer champion, two of the already announced 2018 May Young Classic field. I'm probably forgetting a few <laughs> of the other stats. But it's seriously like, in addition to these talents who've had big runs on world stages, we also have three talents on this show in the three matches that we discovered from our seminars. That we yeah. just took a chance on a ride seminar. Now here they mm-hmm. are, one wrestling Mercedes Martinez, two wrestling each other in the main event of a weekly women's wrestling program. And just the more we can do to get eyes on talents that they know that they can count on, that they know they can trust, like a Madison Rain, like a Mercedes Martinez, like Allie, like Jessica Havoc. And then to see some of the absolute top stars of this current generation, like a Tessa Blanchard, like a Deanna Perrazzo. And to mm-hmm. see some of these younger girls who are maybe just starting to get out there on more national levels or really start to get their names known, like a Shotzi Blackheart, like a Delilah Doom, like a Kylie Ray, like a Kikio. What a mix that is. Like a, I, when I look at it from a fan's perspective, I think, God, the curiosity of who or what is a Kikio? Oh, Allie's on this, this show. That's fun. Wait, Madison Reigns here wrestling for the title too? Like what? What is life? What is going on? And yeah. it, this, this show, we put a lot of resource into this show. And if we can get some, enough people to basically sacrifice a venti Americano per month for four ninety nine per month. <laughs> and I realize it. for $9.99, it, it's hard to make a comparative value of $9.99 gets you basically every WWE show that's ever happened in all the histories and annals of time or four ninety nine for an indie show. Like it's it, it's something where that four ninety nine it's cheaper than getting a cable network it's it's cheaper than a lot of things yeah. that are out there but what you're getting content wise for that the more subscribers we have the more we can keep that weekly show going and give the women a platform not just as a weekly show but the learning experience that that is of working with somebody like Jimmy Jacobs who's producing mm-hmm. television for Impact now who was writing and producing television for WWE about a year ago and had done that for a couple of years to that point to have the, I don't think a lot of people realize this, but a key part of our weekly program is a person by the name of Jimmy Long, who's actually one of the main camera operators for like the backstage segments and vignettes and things that are done by impact wrestling. So when you think of all these backstage segments and some of the really cool stuff impacts been producing, Jimmy's one of the masterminds behind that. And we have help from not just him, but like the entire impact production team. Josh Matthews has helped us a lot. And as these people who are currently involved in producing wrestling television are also producing the Rise Ascent program. This isn't just some impacts. Right. Now, don't get me wrong. Can you watch it and go, yep, this is a uh, shoestring and show budget at different points? You absolutely can tell at different points. Don't get me wrong. When you look yeah. at things like the video packages that we have, like the, the Britt Baker package in episode seven, the profiles on Shotzi and Delilah as we built to rise eight. I'll put those up against a lot of things that are out there for wrestling content. Right. And that's, we wouldn't have had that without influences like Jimmy Jacobs and Jimmy Long helping to film those, produce those and help guide the talents. Like Shotzi and Delilah had never done anything like that. 
they'd never done anything close to like that. And what turned out of that, when I sent it to both of them, even when I watched, we basically both, we all said like, holy crap, <laughs> that's, that's, that's <laughs> our show. That's awesome. And if, if people are sleeping on Rise Ascent, I mean, if you're looking for weekly women's wrestling, you don't need to look any further. It's out there. It exists. RiseAscent.com is going to be a huge cog in what keeps this machine going. Great. And yeah, with the talent pool that you just said, um, there's great value behind that. And you can tell how much you care about it too, uh, just by the way that you're talking about it. So hopefully this conversation goes far and a lot of people now are aware of what Rise has to offer. Uh, But other than that, Kevin, thank you for your time. And uh, we'll have everything linked in the description, everything that you just mentioned. And, uh, you know, best of luck with everything in the future. And if I see you around Chicago, which I'm sure will, I will. I'll stop and say hi. Do it. I hide very poorly. (laughs) Great. All right. Thanks for your time, Kevin. Thank you.